everybody. Welcome to the Wrestling Archives podcast. Happy New Year. I'm your co-host, Tim Hackman. And I'm your co-host, Rich Sigwald. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to talk to you. We're excited to do our very first show for 2024 under our brand new name. We hope you um, followed us along to our new uh, Wrestling Archives. And we appreciate all of you, uh, you know, listening and supporting as we've been all the WrestleManias all these years. Um, so we're, we've got a new new look, new name, new outlook. All of our new socials and everything have been updated. So um, thanks for following us and uh, and sharing that information and helping us uh keep the keep the trip going um we've got some fun stuff coming up for you this this uh, month we've got capital combat 90 the return of robocop and uh, that's an incredible show we had a good time watching that one it's uh it's a bit of a trip rich have you recovered from watching the robocop sequel i don't think you ever recover from watching the robocop sequel i don't think you ever recover from watching capital combat 90 and seeing robocop come out in real life at arena show it's kind of weird it's a a bit surreal especially when he starts bending the bars of a fake cage there's a lot to unpack with that one that show's got something for everybody. Yeah, so listen along. You, you'll you'll dig it, I'm sure. Um, and, of course, we'll continue our trip through all the WrestleManias. Just because we changed our main name doesn't mean we're going to give up on our uh, quixotic quest to, to get through all of those. We'll preview some upcoming pay-per-views. We'll revisit some other classic shows. And hopefully we'll continue our uh, conversations with folks inside and outside of the, the wrestling business. And. And that gets us to our uh, our guest today. We're very, very pleased to welcome. Uh, he's an independent wrestler hailing from Niagara Falls, New York. He's working out of uh, Buffalo, New York. He's the current Empire State Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, a title he won back in November when he defeated Kevin Bennett in a steel cage at Wrestle Bash. Uh, he is also Celine Dion's favorite wrestler. It's very important. Um, so I'd like to welcome to the show the invincible Vince Valor. Thank you for having me, guys. Um so this is the first the first one of the new year. That makes means I'm the first guest. So I'll try to give every other guest something good to follow. So I'm happy That'd to be great. part of this. It'll be awesome. Yeah, you need to set the bar. You're popping our cherry on our new name too. So like it's just you are setting the groundwork for everybody else. Everybody will grow off of your shoulders at this point. Fire so. in all cylinders. Wow. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the rub, um, and uh, and Vince's cat uh, Eddie is, is joining us as well. Where you won't you won't see him if we don't do a video podcast. But uh, he's here in in uh, person and in in spirit. So maybe he'll have some things to uh, contribute. Eddie likes to go into business for himself and try to get as much camera time as he can during my podcast. It's, he's the star of the show. I'm I'm just a supporting act. It's nice of you to like you know let him uh, let him go off of your off your fame a little bit, yeah. coast a little bit, you know. So, Eddie, Eddie gets more um, over than I do in these podcasts, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, he is an orange cat, and orange cats are very adorable and lovable, and uh, everything's soft and nice. So, Yeah. <laughs> all right, Rich. Um, so, <laughs> so, first of all, well, thank you, obviously, for being here. We, we appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Um, we connected via uh, social media, and we also want to say congratulations on that, that title win. That must be super satisfying and exciting for you. A lot of hard work went into that. I'm very proud of my accomplishment. It's uh, it's it's been a it's been a journey. It's uh, it's something I'm very proud of. Very nice. And we'll talk a little bit about your your journey there through um, the Empire State and uh, some of the other promotions up that way. That 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 win though came at at uh, quite a price. A uh, torn pectoral muscle, as we understand. So uh, the the torn pec happened prior to the match. About. Oh. Uh, September 23rd to be exact is when I tore my pack. It was in the number one contenders match happened about halfway through the match. And, uh, I, I don't know how I managed to do it, but I finished the match with, without being able to move one arm. Um, I got some x-rays and MRIs done, uh, but like, I, I thought it was dislocated shoulder at first. That's what like the doctors at the show had told me. And, uh, I was like, okay, like I can, it, it sucks, but I can work around it. So I still did another couple shows in Canada and, uh, Things weren't healing properly. I got the MRI done, and uh, they told me it was a torn pec, and I needed to have surgery. But they wanted to do schedule the surgery like around Halloween time, late October. And like, I didn't tell the doctors like, "Hey, like I got a steel cage match coming up. Like, let me get through that first. But <laughs> so, but I was trying to push back the, the date of the surgery as much as possible. So, like, I think like my last available date to have it happen was uh, surgery took place November twenty first. So I got it done. Literally four days after the steel cage match. So, yeah, when I survived a steel cage match on a torn pack. I don't know how I did it, but, yeah. Well, look at you being Cody Rhodes and all out there. Cody Rhodes, <laughs> <This> is, yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. 
did your uh, chest turn that that beautiful color of purple? Like uh... it, it 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 didn't, and, I, and like for for visual purposes, I was kind of hoping it would because it would add it would add much more to the yeah. story of it. But I remember like, and I went back and rewatched that Hell in a Cell match he had with Seth Rollins. All right, like okay, he he made it through this. Like it was, like how can I manage to do that? So I, like I kind of use that as like my tape study or reference going into this cage match. But it was painful. I won't lie to you. Like it was, it was oh. tough, and like leading up to that, I'm questions like what the hell am I doing? But yeah, I did. I did that, and then did the cage match, and still had another match the the night after too. My mindset was like, all right, they're gonna cut me open anyway. I might as well get my money's worth out of it. Like, try to get as many of these as I can before <laughs> I can for a while. I mean, I guess that, that's one way to think about it. I mean, uh, it just makes my like toes curl and my legs tingle just thinking about like anything related to that. And I, I'm a sissy with pain, so I can't. Oh no! It's also actually all like a full circle moment because. I had a previous surgery back in 2012 and my first opponent back was the same guy that I wrestled my last match before going into this surgery, Andrew Davis in Canada. So like kind of a full circle thing there. Wow. So uh, we, we did notice that your sister started a GoFundMe for you uh, to help it's with uh, ex- expenses while you're out of action. Uh, so if y'all could go out there and search for Vince Valor and the Tale of the Torn Peck, uh, started by Christine Meese, uh, and we'll get that up on our social uh, media as soon as we can here. And you can also find it on the Empire State uh, Wrestling Facebook as well. Help uh, help old Vince out here because, uh, you know, when the indie guys can't wrestle, they can't make money. And uh, we want to see him succeed. And that's not going to happen with a torn peck and an empty bank account. So <laughs> you all could uh, help him out, help him out with these medical bills because uh, we're not fortunate enough like those folks up in Canada to get the uh, get the health care. Eh? So could help our dude out that'd be great it's been incredibly helpful thus far for all the from fellow wrestlers or fans or friends or family or anybody that's helped donate to that or anybody that's bought merchandise because like i still try to get around as many shows as i can to like still like interact with fans and like try to find ways to keep myself valuable outside of the ring like i've helped with like aging matches i've done like i got asked to do ring announcing commentary things like that just to like try to find other ways to be active other than like just wrestling like I, I run a school i run the buffalo wrestling academy so like things like that too have helped keep me busy like while i'm in recovery and kind of made the recovery process a little bit easier because i could still be active one way or another excellent that's right that's super nice of your sister too what a what a great sibling she went yeah, above and beyond to help me out i can be more grateful i feel like my sister would probably set up a scam GoFundMe and <laughs> um and take all the money keep the money for herself yeah yeah, yeah, some you know, you know, some simple thing. or some, or somehow make your injury worse. You know, just pay <laughs> pay people to come and hurt you more. Punch me in the chest. That's not true. She's great. I'm clarifying. I don't know if she listens to the show or not anymore. She was super into it for a while, and then I think she just got bored. So that's hey, fine. you guys are the ones that got to edit this. So if you want to cut out the part where you get where you bury your sister for a little bit, there. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, we'll bury her for another five minutes here. Let's let's get. Yeah. It. <laughs> Um, so yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, other events, we know the next Empire State Wrestling Show is Friday, January 19th, uh, in Niagara Falls, New York, right? 7 p.m. at the Frontier Fire Hall. And you're, you're not going to be wrestling, but what do you, I know you're going to be there at that one talking a little bit about the, the belt and championship. What's the I deal? I kind of got a, got, got a lot to get off my chest as far as like addressing the injury and like what's next for me. I mean, kind of like talking about everything that led me to this moment and now what the future holds for me because. Yeah, it's, it's a tough decision to make. I got I to decide what's best like physically, mentally, emotionally. Like there's a lot that goes into this. I need to be able to address the heavyweight championship situation. And I'm sure your fans are uh, anxious to hear. They want to know what, what else going on. I'm sure they're, they're hoping and wishing you for the, the best and hoping you get back in the ring. But I think uh, folks also understand just how uh, difficult these, these kinds of things can be, you know, I've met some of the greatest fans along the way. And like, especially now during this time they've been incredibly supportive but also very understanding that i have to do what's best for me physically because i don't want to i don't want to get back into the ring if i I feel that i can't do this and perform at a high level it's not fair to the people that pay money to see this if they're if i'm coming back and nursing an injury in every match that i have i want to make sure i'm fully capable of doing this and performing at a high level before i return well you also want to make sure your peck doesn't fall off or something right. you know like down the road doctors told me <laughs> yeah. it's a very it's a very tricky injury very tr- like tricky surgery like there's a lot there's a high risk to re-injure it so i need to like 
as stubborn as I am about wanting to be back in the ring because I'm, I'm growing really impatient with this. This is tough for me mentally. Um, like I gotta, I gotta listen to doctors on this one and like take whatever advice they're giving me. Yeah. Good, good move for sure. Um, just a little, maybe not quite off topic, but not on my original original list of questions here. But you know, you mentioned the the fans and all that. One of the things that going to the Virginia Championship Wrestling shows here has been great is seeing like the same folks, you know, time after time, and um, people who really like you know live and breathe these these guys and and girls in the ring and their uh, their characters and their stories. I imagine you have some fans, uh, sort of fan base like that there where you are. A lot of the regulars, yeah, like like around the ESWs or like there's uh, Revenge Pro Wrestling in Erie or there's Greek Town Wrestling in Canada, Neo Pro Wrestling. A lot of these places I wrestle for, like it's a lot of the the, the same fans who like they, they have the regulars. So it's they're not just a fan for the three hours during a show. Like they they begin to feel like they're part of your personal life and then like they care for you in situations. I've had like. Numerous fans message me while I'm out and like just just to send well wishes and, and care for my well being. So it's good to like like they, they're paying for the experience of a wrestling show, but like at the end of the day, we're humans. So it's good to have fans that are supportive and understanding and like they, they want to feel like they're as part of this as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. So if folks want to um, check out the show on the 19th um, in Niagara Falls, where um, any particular place to go look for tickets, that sort of thing. Um, ESWTix.com will have tickets. Uh, I believe we're actually streaming live on IWTV as well. That's where you can also catch any of our past events. They're all on. They're all on demand there. Cool. Very nice. All right. Good deal. All right. Uh, so uh, let's let's back up. So we've been talking about the present here, uh, but let's 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 get into your story, eh? Um, about what age do you did you want to become part of the wrestling business? At what age did I want to like want to become part of it? Uh, yeah, probably about six years old when I first like really discovered it. Um, nice. People like have that 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 story of like, and, and it's such a cliche answer of uh, the, when I saw Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, like I was hooked, brother, before I could even walk. Like they say that because they feel like it validates their fandom of this, and they, like they they like the second they could start crawling, they felt like they were fans of it and remember back then. I didn't know about it until I was like six, seven years old. Um, my mother dropped me off at this daycare and like all the kids there liked it. They had all the figures and the, the video games and the videos and everything that like that made them fans. And it was, it was cool because like, that's where I really started to, to learn about these things that I had no idea about. And like, it's such a different world and something that I was gravitated towards. Um, but it's something I never grew out of like growing up, like the differing opinions, depending on who you ask, like, Around the attitude era, I was a '90s kid, so like that's that that was a hot time to be a wrestling fan. But like with the people that I was surrounded by, like it was you got picked on for liking wrestling, so it wasn't something it wasn't mm. the cool thing to do back then. But it's something I never really grew out of. Um, I was a football player growing up, so I was really passionate about that. But I also like I was as much as I love football, I was more passionate about wrestling. So like once I, like I think it was like the week before I graduated high school is when I started training. I was 17 years old at the time, and. uh yeah, so I started training from there, and I've been doing this for 2024, going on 14 years now. Impressive. Uh, where where did you where did you do that training, and who did you work with? Um, I started in Rochester, New York. It was uh, the Kayfabe Dojo at the time under uh, NWA New York, now now called Upstate Pro Wrestling. Um, they, they they had a lot of great talent come through the doors there. It was it was awesome to be surrounded by such great people. Um, and, but I, at the time I was still so young and didn't really know like what this would take and when, how far I could go with this yet. So I wanted to kind of clear my plate of everything else I had so that I could put my, all my focus into wrestling. And that meant like leaving, leaving college and leaving relationships and leaving jobs behind because like I wanted to put all my focus into wrestling. And that's when the opportunity presented itself to train at uh, the Neo Pro Wrestling Dojo in Niagara Falls, Ontario, which uh, it's it's literally like t- it was like ten minutes from home for me because I live in Niagara Falls, so close to the border. Problem was crossing the border four times a week to, to train, so that was that was difficult. But I, I'm very happy about the training I received there. I trained under uh, Tiberius King, uh, JT Playa, whatever anybody may know him as. Uh, we also had frequent frequent visits there from guys like uh, Sean Spears or Scotty Turner or some of the best wrestlers in Canada. But being so close to the border, I was still able to maintain like relationships on the, the U.S. side. So I was able to pop in and train at places 
like UPW or uh, Pier 6 Wrestling or Grapplers Anonymous, where I learned a lot from training there because they had uh, Pepper Parks, the Blade. He was he was dropping in once a week to teach advanced classes. I learned as much as I can from him. Like I feel, and I, and I had to talk with somebody recently, I feel that if I just learned from one place, that only wanted to take me so far. I had to... I had to learn like everybody else's different perspectives too, and it's helped out because it's like it's it's created like it's created friendships and created bridges on both sides of the border. So I'm getting the best of both worlds. Right, and um, so you you mentioned having your own wrestling academy at this point, um, the Buffalo Wrestling Academy, I think you called it. Uh, when did it start, and what's what's your approach to the to the training? My approach to training is you get out of this, what you put into it. Like you have to be able to fully invest in this. And, and like, I, my path might be different from everybody else's. It's like, everybody comes into the school with different goals, whether you want to wrestle locally or wrestle every weekend or make it to a major stage. It's everybody comes in with different goals. So I try to tailor the training to each individual person's goals. And like, I, I explained to them, like, this is tough. Like the, the, anybody like, cause I've had people that like have wanted to, have second guess themselves. They want to disappear from the disappointment of not reaching their goals right away. So they have these second thoughts of quitting. But anybody that's ever gone that route, I've asked them, it's like, you signed up for this. Did you think it would be hard? Like, this is what hard feels like. So if they can go overcome those type of things and have the right mindset to, to continue this, then opportunities are endless. They can rely on their fundamentals in wrestling or their mindset on the business to really take them to, to, to new levels. But uh, it started with uh, – so it actually started around the time of pandemic for me where, like, I had the uncertainty of if or when wrestling would even return. And, mm-hmm. like, I was still trying to watch as much as I could. And uh, my brother-in-law and I, Bill Collier, we uh, we we watched a lot of bad wrestling. It, it, for, for, for whatever reason, it's entertaining to us. And, like, that's, that's how it kind of spiraled into something that – bigger than we ever thought it would be because we were watching like we were watching these backyard wrestlers and we, we were like observant of like the area they were in. And we we noticed like, that's, that's like familiar. And we realized like <laughs> they were like three minutes from where we live, but they, they, they found like their own warehouse or building. And like, we, we had the thoughts like, well, what happened if we just showed up there one day? And, <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. It was like, they, they, they had no idea what they were doing, but they just wanted to have fun with it. But they had a ring, they had a building, and we were at a time where professional wrestling was so uncertain. So I was like, okay, well, if I can like get some reps in here to like stay fresh for when I do come back, I'll teach you guys what I know and like help you that like help lead you down this path that I've gone down. And like, but the building we were in and the facility we were in, it, like, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't a great place. So I merged with. Uh, my friends Robbie Vegas and Delson Alexander because they were doing something in another area. So I brought my students that I had. They they had the a couple students that they had was kind of merged things together and formed the Buffalo Wrestling Academy. Um, and we're in a great facility now. We're like it's it's great opportunities. These guys are on the road with me every weekend, and even while I'm injured, I'm still on the road with them trying to get like use whatever leverage I have in these companies to get them opportunities. Because like this injury has taught me that like I like, I have no idea how long I'm gonna be able to do this. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Like my my best years are probably behind me, but I want to on my way out. I mean I don't want to stay on my way out. I'm not, I'm not retiring. I don't like don't twist that. I'm not retiring or anything like that. But um, I want to be able to help my students grow and succeed. I told them I'm not leaving until I know they're in a good place. So I feel that they have plenty of opportunities ahead of them with Buffalo Wrestling Academy with the with what we're creating there and what we're building on. And like, and it's good too, because we have like strong working relationships with other schools. Like there's ground zero wrestling in Rochester. There's grapplers anonymous in Buffalo. There's other places that like we try to get these guys familiar with so that they're, they're not just wrestling amongst themselves. They're trying to like network with other students of other schools and create opportunities for themselves that way. It's an excellent approach. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned uh, the blade. It's been a little bit of a, of a, I don't know. Boom is maybe a little overstating it, but a little crop of uh, of Buffalo guys uh, coming out lately. I mean, Butcher and Blade, obviously, are some of the the bigger ones, right? And I guess the Bunny is also from up that way. Um, 
Was that right when she was with them? I believe she was living in Canada, but I'm, I'm okay. When, I, but she's married to the Blades, so I believe that there's like oh. dual citizenship there thing there. But the, yeah, they, gotcha. they live in Buffalo. They they come out of the Buffalo area. That's cool. Yeah. Did you want to? Um... Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm blanked here. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just we're, staring at my beautiful brand new lamp. Just staring, you know. We're uh, we're, so, work, we're working off the same notes uh, document here. So we're that's, if I'm nudging Rich, it's it's because yeah. he's a que- there's a question that has his name next to it. Yeah. So, so uh, any <laughs> advice for some <laughs> any advice for somebody starting out and considering uh, going to wrestling school? Be willing to invest in this and be willing to. I don't want to say allow it to consume you, but like understand that this can be very time consuming. Um, some guys will come into this and think it's just a matter of, you know, train twice a week and wrestle once a month. It, 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 everybody has different goals. Like, like I said before, but yeah, be willing to invest in this. Like if you expect any promoter or fan to invest in you and spend money to have you a part of their event or buy your t-shirt, you have to be willing to invest in yourself. And it's both in and out of the ring. You have to be able to, to go in the ring and you also have to be able to market yourself well, like whether it be through merchandising or, you know, investing in the way you look as far as like the gym, it, it, tanning, uh, professional made gear, things like that. Um, investing the time into this with, with tape study and taking notes and learning as much about this as you can and applying that to what you do in the ring. The, the, you got to be able to invest into this. So it sounds like you've worked um, kind of all over uh, New York and, and Canada there a little bit and a little bit of uh, northern Pennsylvania. And so I, and just kind of looking through your socials and stuff, so I've seen um, you know, Buffalo Championship Wrestling, obviously, um, Empire State Wrestling is a big one. You mentioned Greektown Wrestling out of Toronto, and Ro- I've seen others in Rochester, uh, as far down as Altoona, I think I saw, and uh, Erie. Um, are there others where you've made made regular appearances or you just kind of go wherever they need uh wherever they need a, a guy i kind of go wherever like the anywhere that's willing to have me I'm, I'm willing to work with anybody um there's a couple other places that i re- regularly wrestle for um excite wrestling immortal wrestling um any opportunity is an opportunity I, I like to wrestle wherever i can um i found my home at places like esw or neo pro wrestling or Revenge Pro Wrestling, Greek Time Wrestling, anywhere that's willing to have me. And like, I like everywhere is different. So like, everybody, everywhere has a different locker room. And it's like, it's like, I gravitate towards places where it feels like a family. And it's not like we're just there for a three hour show and like we're just there to wrestle. Like, it, 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 I gravitate towards the places where it feels like there's a common bond and brotherhood there. And the places I wrestle for, I feel, I feel like provide that, provide me with that opportunity to be a part of something special like that. But like, the places that I've been wrestling, like, more regularly, it like I establish good relationships with the promoters, and I like I use that leverage to get opportunities for my students because these promoters they're always looking for fresh talent, they're always looking for fresh faces, guys that are young and hungry for opportunity. And so anywhere I go, the, the car is filled with students who want to be a part of it as well. That's awesome. That's great. It's a good way to kind of use your uh, your place, your your role where you've you've sort of worked up and established yourself. Uh, what's the farthest you'd say you've traveled for a a show or an appearance i've done a few gigs in down in uh tennessee a couple in oh, Kingsport wow. and one in ripley um not great experiences i'll be perfectly honest it was uh there was a time where uh to be it was on visitors memorial show where uh they, they paid 11 dollars for the entire car load for a 16 hour drive not not the greatest experience but uh Oof. yeah uh, it, it, an experience and a story nonetheless something like <laughs> and I'll tell my students that too. It's like sometimes you just got to do things for the story. I've, I've wrestled some places like uh, I, I did one in Michigan, like the, close to 10 years ago. And it was absolutely terrible, a terrible experience. But you, you have these stories to tell, to, to pass on other people that, that you come across. So it's, it's, it's good to do things for the story too. And, and, and coming up, like you take any opportunity to get to establish yourself. Um, but yeah, starting out, I did a, whole, a lot around the, the Toronto and Ontario area, uh, things across Western New York, but I ventured out a little bit too. But I've, I've found places where like I can be a mainstay and build off that and build relationships with promoters, with other wrestlers, with fans. Um, I prefer to be be somewhere where I can be a regular and be a mainstay that rather than just a just a one off guy. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, well, you, you know, you hear stories like from the like the territory guy. You know, back in the day, you're like, oh yeah, we we traveled, we did 300 miles, and we got like five bucks plus, you know, 
a dollar fifty for gas or whatever. I'm like, guys, guys probably took a loss <laughs> to to make that trip, you know. But and um, they have these stories, yeah. but like it's never like it makes them miserable. Like that sounds yeah. terrible, and it's tough to it's tough to explain that to people that don't understand the business. Like it's like, wow, you you drove that far for five bucks. It's like, yeah, like now you're making me feel like worse about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can I can relate. So like, and in, in my other life, I'm I'm a musician, and I do. Uh, I mostly play for free and yeah, so I, I will, I I've been asked to do a production of Jesus Christ superstar. That's like an hour and 20 minutes away from my house. And there's a very good chance that I'm going to try and do it and I'm going to be miserable about it and I'm going to complain. Uh, but I wouldn't want it any other way at the same time. There's just something about, you know, having that passion and wanting to do it to, to drive you. And it it's important and it's something that makes you happy. And that's sometimes more important than the money. And, but also, you know, if you're doing it for pro wrestling, I know, uh, I hear, I hear it all the time. Well, you know, we're not paying you, but you're getting exposure and it's like, Oh, well, exposure pays my rent. Yeah, Great. You can't put exposure in the gas tank. Right. Um, so yeah, I was, I was just curious, uh, b- besides money, um, what makes an experience bad? The, 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 long trips, maybe, maybe it's somebody that you have to wrestle, the, uh, and maybe it's just the, the environment you're around. The, the, there's a lot that can make a, make an experience like that miserable, but a lot of it, like if you go in, like knowing that it's going to be a bad experience, it's probably going to be one, but like the, the I guess the thing too is like trying to find some sort of good in it. If, if you can walk away with some sort of positive experience about it, then it was worth it. Um, but like the, the, the bookings that like I'll, I'll take, it's like, yeah, ch- check off one of the boxes, whether like, whether it's like a big payday or it, it is good exposure or like you get the chance to work with a big name talent, like things like that are like make these bookings worthwhile. And like, I'm more like intrigued to take them. If, if, if you could check one of those boxes, but, Starting out, like, and I tell my students, it's like, you take it on the opportunity you can get. Like, you, any student or anybody that's new to the business, they're not in a position to turn down bookings because they feel it's going to be a miserable time. It's like, no, go, go, be miserable and find some sort of good in it. And then come back and tell me the story, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so speaking, speaking of, you mentioned, uh, you know, opportunity to work with some uh, big names or folks that you, you know, specifically want to get in the ring with. You know, I, again, kind of stalking your socials a little bit. I see you've uh, had chances to work with like EC3 and Matt Cardona and then some of the older older school guys like Tommy Dreamer, who I can't believe is still doing. I love that guy. He's great. Um, and uh, an MVP, another guy who I, I think. Actually, I think is uh, very underrated, um, but I'm still glad he's still out there. Um, are there others that you were especially excited to work with or any of those guys? You, uh, and I'm also just kind of curious, you know, what do you learn from working with like, you know, sort of seasoned pros like that? Everybody like has like a different mindset on this, but like a lot of like the same core values are the same throughout. And it kind of makes those a little bit more valid. So like you hear you hear an MVP say something, but you hear Tommy Dreamer says it's like the same thing. It makes it a lot more valid, like because they like they all have like a similar mindset in the business. It's it's great to learn from these guys because you can learn like just how easy this really can be. And that's something I picked up like from working with Tommy Dreamer is like this is like a lot easier than a lot of people make it out to be. Um, <laughs> and, and like at the end of the day, they like they're. They're here for the same reasons we are. Like they're they're passionate about pro wrestling. Otherwise, they wouldn't still keep doing it as long as they are. Um, the they're, they're making good money doing this, and like it's it, it's their life. It gets their life's work. So when you get the opportunity to wrestle with a guy like an MVP or a, a Tommy Dreamer or an EC3, it's like they're all there for the same reasons. Like they're the the more you talk with them, it's like they're just one of the boys. Like they 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 want to be a part of this. They like. And you come across people that like keep themselves and like, all right, like stay away from him. He's just miserable. And doesn't want to be here. But you come across people that are just really good people. And like they, 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 they love, they love wrestling and they'll love to be a part of it. Um, I had the opportunity to travel with uh, Heath Slater a couple months ago. And oh my God, he's, he's one of the greatest people I've come across in, in his business. And just his, just his outlook on it. And like the, just being able to, to hang with him for a day and like, chat with him and learn learn as pick up as much as i can like 
the guys like that are there are what makes this business as good as it is. Yeah, that's awesome. You seem to be kind of like I feel like every every promotion that sort of gets to a, a certain level has like the guy on the roster who gets to um you know wrestle the the big names when they come in, right? So we um we talked to our buddy Brandon Scott from uh, VCW here and he's he's definitely that guy and Logan Easton Leroux is another one and he's that guy for VCW. So like when Christopher Daniels comes to town or um Wheeler Yuta comes to town, you know, they're, they're the guy. And you, you seem to be that guy for, uh, like, Empire State. Is that is that uh, kind of accurate? Not always. Um, we bring in so, so many big names all, all throughout the year. It's like, you got to spread the wealth a little bit. I mean, we, they yeah. can't just all go to the same guy. But we have such, sure. we have, uh, we have a stacked roster of guys. Like, you know, we've got our Kevin Bennett. We've got our Bill Colliers. We've got the guy. We had Colin Delaney's. Like, we have guys that are regular on the roster. And it's like, they're working with these big names, too. So, Whenever I am called upon, whenever it is my turn to do so, it's like I try to put on the best performance possible so that whenever the next big name comes to town, it's like I'm in the running to be able to wrestle him too. But it's it's great to have the matches I've had and the experiences I've had and learn from these guys as much as possible. Is there anybody out there that you'd really love the chance to work with that you haven't yet? Uh, my trainer, Tiberius King, he's, he's my dream match. I've never got a chance to wrestle my trainer. That's that's always my number one answer that I haven't had the chance to do yet. Um, if we're talking big names, it'd be Chavo Guerrero um, because I see that he's still popping up here and there, not doing as, as often as like anybody would like to see him do it, but he's still popping up here and there. And I guess that's just the Eddie Guerrero fan of me that like, all right, if I, like, Chavo's the next best thing. He's, he's like, not to discredit Chavo at all. He's great, but like, Chavo, like sure. I, 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 I watch and I learn as much as I can from Chavo Guerrero Jr. as well to where like, He's high on that list for me. Chavo is o- overlooked frequently, I think. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero has such a big shadow that people are forgetting that Chavo is an excellent, excellent talent yeah. and so He's incredible. He's on that list for me as well just because just because the experience I have and the time I've spent with him. It's like, all right, like, I just want to wrestle him because I because I know it would be just so much fun and so much so easy. That's actually a good segue to Rich's yeah, next question. Yeah, because because we we you just mentioned that you're a big fan of Eddie Guerrero. Uh, would you say that he's your biggest influence as a as a wrestler? Do you have other influencers? Hands down, it's Eddie. Like he's 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 what made me fall in love with this. Um, he's all he's been he's been my favorite wrestler for as long as I can remember. Um, like he, it's everything from his in ring work to his promo skills. To most importantly, his passion for the business, and I think that's what separates him from from everybody else. Is where you look at a guy like Eddie; he can have a great match with a guy like Dean Malenko or Kurt Angle or anybody else like that. But he can also pull a great match out of guys like JBL or Brock Lesnar. And like the the, the Eddie's very versatile in that way, where he can just have a good match with anybody. And like that's that's the type of wrestler I want to be to where like I can have a good match with anybody, good or bad. Um. As far as other influences, I uh, I study a lot of Christian. Christian's and not even just to like everything he's doing today, which is phenomenal, but like everything he's done throughout his career. Christian is very underrated and like he's very good. He's been very good for a very long time. Um, I study a lot of Dean Malenko, a lot of Bret Hart, just because of their their strong fundamentals, their their the excellence of execution, like how good they were in the ring, and like those are like these are the type of guys that have my students watching too, just because like. I'm very big on the fundamentals in the ring, and there's no there's no better person to learn from than Bret Hart with that. Fucking a. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a recent meme going around of um, Bret Hart versus the uh, one two three kid Sean Waltman, and Sean Waltman surprises uh, Bret with an arm drag takedown, and Bret gets his little look on his face of surprise and like the person is just like this is why you love bret hart these little moments that he throws into the matches of selling and being surprised and making his opponent look better like that and it's, it's the uh, little things that matter most yeah we, we will totally turn this into a like let's geek out about bret yeah, hart for yeah so i'm trying so not to be careful yeah we should probably yeah. be careful <laughs> I will say that you're not the only person I've heard say that about, about Christian, that Christian yeah. is just like the sleeper, uh, uh, pro wrestler, uh, God kind of that people watch and look up to and study, uh, fascinatingly. And that like Christian makes everybody look better when they face him and stuff. So we had somebody who was it we had on here was saying the same thing. Was that, um, it might've been Brandon actually. Yeah. I think Brandon was, I think was talking about, um, yeah, not Christian was, as well. Definitely a fan. So, and we uh, we've seen. I mean, Eddie Guerrero is obviously 
you know, one of the, one of the all time greats, uh, just, just watching the stuff he did on WrestleManias, uh, that, you know, we've had, the, we're up to number 30. So I think, you know, there's, there's some of the incredible, the one against, um, Kurt Angle, uh, where oh. he like pulls off his shoe and then yeah. like flips over back like that. It's, it's so like creative and it all goes to like the psychology and the character that he is, that he is creating, you know, and there's never a wasted moment with him. Like just, just phenomenal. Like I really, yeah. Or you flash back to him facing Ray Mysterio and WCW, like, and it's, and he just goes a, mo- a million miles a minute and him and Ray just, just trade back and forth insane moves for 10 minutes. And it's, so yeah, I, I can I can start geeking out about Eddie Guerrero as well. He's he's a fascinating and wonderful and talented guy, and uh, it's a shame that we lost him. True shame. He's in the league of his own. Eddie is one of the greatest of all time. But like, I love being able to go back and watch his own stuff and how easily accessible that is. It's it's even even with him no longer being here, he's still great to learn from. And Eddie the. The cat is making an appearance since we're talking about Eddie. The, is, the is is Eddie the cat named after Eddie Guerrero? By 100% chance? is. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, totally is, yeah. <laughs> They're probably equally agile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, besides besides his influences, do you just have favorite wrestlers you like to watch, either past or present? Um, I mean, it, currently I watch a lot of the guys that like I'm I'm around just to see like the like how good they are and. Uh, one that stands out is Cody Deaner. He, I've had the opportunity to wrestle him a couple times, and he, he's about as good as it gets. Uh, the, I've had the, my, like, so he was one of the matches I had recently when I like first found out I was hurt, and he made just he protected me in there. He made sure everything was just so easy, and it was one of the hottest matches of the night just because of how good he is. And like, you watch these guys like 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 a Cody Deaner, and the more you study them a little more, it's like all right, like. He's good, but why is he so good? And, and it's because of his pacing. It's because of his connection with the audience, which like very few people have such a strong connection with the audience. And it's his mindset on the business and like everything that he does. It, it just makes so much sense. Everything's so good. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll put over another podcast on your podcast. He has the the wrestling is life is wrestling podcast, and like I listen to that every week. And like just listening to him talk to other people, like there's a lot to learn from those too. But Cody Deaner stands out as somebody that like I learn a lot from just by watching and listening to. Yeah, I just actually watched your match with him uh, this morning, and it, it's a fantastic match. It, you, you could throw that match into the middle of AEW Dynamite right now, and and nobody would blink an eye about how good it is. Um, that's and, all him. I won't put myself over that all. He that that's him being as good as he is. Well, I mean, I'm going to put you over a little bit because I mean, you were selling your ass off in that match. You're making him look good too, and. If you're working, I didn't realize your arm was hurt in that match until about three quarters of the way through. And I saw you wince and you were favoring it a little bit. Um, but at that point in time, I still didn't know that it was your pec that was hurt. So I couldn't tell. I thought you might have been a legit injury that you were showing there, but it, you know, you played it off. It looked, it looked great. That match, you would not know that anybody was hurt in that match at all. So, uh, good job with that one to break it down a little more he was hurt then too so oh we tried to have as much of an easy match as possible um that was like right around the time where i knew that the peck was torn is i had that match and then had another match the following night against bryce hansen because the greek town wrestling for what for what they were doing is like they would do like like two three four day loops so like i did the that one and then the one the following night and then the following Monday is when I got the MRI. It's like, all right, let's let's, let's mm. pump the brakes a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any all-time favorite matches that you've been in, and then a favorite match that you've not been in? Favorite match I've not been in. Oh, um, far as, far as some of my favorites that I've been in this year, like, and, and I'll say this year because, like, I feel like this year has been a lot of a lot of big moments, a lot a lot of great storytelling of, of the matches that I've done. Um, the, ma- the match I had with Kevin Bennett, the steel cage match, it told a w- wonderful story as well as the number one contenders match I have with my brother, big time Bill Collier. Even walking out of that with an injury, I feel we, we told an amazing story that night. Um, and if anything, the injury actually like enhanced the story a little more because it made it more real. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I did, I had a great match earlier this year with, uh, with Sean Carr. Everything was so easy. It was just like, he, he he's somebody that uh, 
that, that I'll credit for being such an amazing worker just because like everything's so easy with him. He's, he's very good at what he does. And like the, the crowd was engaged all throughout. They made like the crowd's engaged. That makes everything you do in the ring that much easier. Um, because otherwise you're just working your ass off for people that like aren't interested in it. But like, if you can get the crowd behind you right from the start, then everything else is easy. But some of the, those are some of the great matches I've had. Like, and, and I've had others that like I've probably forgotten about over the years. Like, I'll be reminded of, oh, remember this match? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. But those are the, the ones that come to most recent mem- memory. Do you do the, the like the Chris Jericho thing? Do you have like a uh, log of your, your matches and um, keep track of that? Anything like that? That is my biggest regret in my career is that I don't <laughs> because I've, I've seen and heard of others having that. And like, I, I really regret that because like, there, there's a lot of matches I've forgotten over the years. And like I said, I've had people remind me of them because, like, it's like I'll see somebody in the locker room and be like, "Hey, hey, brother, nice to meet you." Like, oh, we we wrestled before. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I, I really don't remember it, but, but like, I'll take your word for it. But like, yeah, that's that's been a regret of mine is not being is not having that. And I've tried to like like jog my memory of like, and I'll I'll look up on cage match of like the whatever they have on there because like I know they don't they only have like about half of what I've done, so it's like it's hard to get an accurate count there. But that, that's something I tell my students to do. It's like you guys are just starting out with this. Like, keep a notebook, keep keep a keep a log of your matches because like I don't want them to get 10, 12, 13 years into this and like have the regret that I have of not keeping track of them. Yeah, that's always just something that, that fascinates me because I'm a I'm a maybe slightly compulsive list maker, you know, and I have lists for like everything. You know, like I, I, I log the, the movies I get to see. I log the books I read. I log the, uh, you know, the pay-per-views we watch. I have, you know, I have spreadsheets. I, I probably have a, a disorder of some kind. And I'm so, but anyway, I'm always just kind of curious to hear uh, about, um, you know, what sort of record keeping guys do. So, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you could always do it through your, uh, well, you know, it's not like you have receipts. It's like probably, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the the different promotions could help you out. Send you uh, old flyers or posters or whatever. That'd be helpful of them, but yeah, I mean that's that's something I really regret. I, I try to take notes as much as my I can as far as like like different seminars I attend, things like that, any any tape study I do. But yeah, that's that's my biggest regret in my career is not keeping track of uh, of all the matches I've had. Yeah, sorry, a little bit of a side sidetrack there <laughs> tim has a spreadsheet that lists all the spreadsheets that he maintains um just so that he can keep track of of what he lists so um speaking of lists and as as we've mentioned before we started out as a podcast that just really was focused on watching uh wrestlemanias in order uh do you happen to have a uh, favorite wrestlemania and then we ask every guest that we this do you happen to have a favorite one um I think I think the most common answer is like, so I, I, it's hard to narrow it down to one because they're all so good. But like, I feel like the the stretch of like seventeen to nineteen was was like the, the those are some of the best like overall cards in my opinion. Um, people will, yeah, but like there's, there's like different matches on different cards too, so it's, it's hard to like really narrow it down to one answer. Um, because people will associate like like certain matches with one WrestleMania, like WrestleMania 24. What do you remember? The, the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair retirement match, yeah. but, but everybody seems to forget that Taker and Edge had a killer match that closed the card. Like, but people, all they've, their first to think about is Shawn versus Ric Flair. It's like that with a lot of different WrestleManias, but, uh, but no, I think like anywhere from like 17 to 19, like those were really where like, where I was just at the age where I could really started to appreciate it a lot more. Like I was uh, maybe like 10, 11, 12 around that time. So like it, everything like started to make a little bit more sense. And like n- now, like I'm starting to th- think about wrestling a little more maturely. Um, but the, those are the, those are some of the ones that really stand out to me. Hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty respectable stretch. Uh, seven, 17 right around there that, yeah, we've, th- those, those seem to be um, very, very common. I know what you mean. Right. And part of the fun actually of going back and watching the old ones has been, uncovering those those sleeper matches that you that you didn't remember you know like um anyway. 29 and, i went to so that was that was the oh fun. you did yeah it was, it's cool. cool because like thinking back it's like okay like that was the that was the last year of undertaker's uh, undertaker streak before it got broken 
that was John Cena's last WrestleMania main event. So like, thinking back like years later, it's like, well, like I was. I was in the crowd for that. Yeah, and like that was I had forgotten that that was Undertaker versus CM Punk, and how excellent of a max that was, considering Undertaker's age and Punk's seemingly lack of maturity at that time. Still, like that was an excellent, excellent match. As a wrestler or as a fan, there's no experience quite like seeing Undertaker at WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah, can only imagine. That was actually the last um, WrestleMania episode we recorded. So we'll pick up with uh, 30 in 2024. So you can uh, watch out for that. Um, I was going to go back and you said there's really no bad ones. I'd like to introduce you to a little thing called WrestleMania 11. Um, And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that's uh, that's objectively a bad one. But it could also be that it came right after WrestleMania 10 with the ladder match and the yeah, I don't know. Brett versus Owen to kick off that show too at WrestleMania 10. Like that's and people forget about that match even somehow. People say um, a lot of bad things about 16 as well. Yeah, there's some duds, but even the duds, you know, usually have at least one or two like really amazing moments. You know that you're glad you watched it for. So all right, well we're we're getting uh, getting close to the end. We're gonna wrap up here. Um, we know, uh, and I mentioned at the top that you're Celine Dion's favorite wrestler. Um, so my last really important question is, what's the best Celine Dion song, and why is it that's the way it is? Oh, my heart will go on always. Okay, that's the go-to. Yeah. That's that's my karaoke go-to, brother. <laughs> Can you hit all those notes? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, but I'm not I only that's... Celine Dion's favorite wrestler. I'm also Britney Spears, Katy Perry, Selena Gomez. Is I've that that's been like my most fun and maybe irresponsible investment in my career is buying all these t-shirts <laughs> kind of spiraled out of control um so what happened was i uh I, I was wearing like a like a hooded vest to come to the ring for a while and i forgot to pack it one night but i was wrestling in a mall and i was like let me go find like walk to this mall and see what i could find and i uh i found this britney spears shirt i was like sure why not let's wear it to the ring that night and it got a great reaction it got so over it's like all right like maybe i'm on to something here so like I started to buy more of these shirts and more and more and more. And now my closet is just filled with them. And it's gotten to the point where I like, I don't want to wear the same one twice. So like I, I'll, I'll wear it once, throw it back in the closet and like, that's it. Or, uh, people will like send me ones. be like, Oh, you should buy this, buy that. I was like, I don't want to just go to like a Walmart or a target and find some random shirt on the shelf. Like I want the, like the really obscure ones that have to search for. So like I've, I have a, very wide collection of these things. It's it's ridiculous, but it's something I've enjoyed. I don't know. But I've, yeah, I, no, I think it's fun. I'll post on social media and tag like Celine Dion's favorite wrestler just to see if I can get some sort of response out of them. Hasn't worked one bit, but I'm not going to keep trying. One of these trying. days. Yeah. One of these days it's going to happen for you. I noticed you were also Hannah Montana's favorite wrestler, yeah. Mila Kunis, <laughs> you know, some heavy hitters. The ladies love Vince Valor. They Must do. be all they that in, in, invincibleness, I think. That's right. Um, <laughs> Plus, there's there's something there's something just extra special about a, a giant bearded dude uh, with all muscles and tattoos and stuff wearing like you know Britney Spears. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a study in uh, contrast. It's it great. grabs their attention right away because like it's become something I'm kind of like I've become known for it for a little bit because like yeah. all right like we we see Vince Valor but like who's gonna be on his shirt tonight? It's something <laughs> ridiculous and like but it ga- grabs their attention in a positive way. But like. Okay, the shirt comes off, and now I mean business. Like it's uh, yeah. kind of the best of both worlds. Like I like, shows different sides and different layers to me. I guess. I think you need to start coughing up the money for the VIP meet and greets when when they come around on tour through Buffalo and just oh, like, yeah. get your fo- get your photos with them. Be like, see, see, <laughs> yeah. You can do wonders with Photoshop. I'm just saying. I'm sure that you have too. some fans. Oh yeah, yeah. Some fans who are uh, into that sort of thing. I mean, really, what you ought to do is maybe you could make a like a wish list you know put your size and put up the um the folks that you really want the t-shirts from and then let your fans fill them in you know they can yeah. they control the uh the troll the vintage stores for you they can come up with all kinds of shit absolutely yeah anyway um so again we really you know we appreciate you taking the time uh talking to us it's been great to learn a little bit about you about your career about you you know what's what's happened for you and what's still to come anything that you want to um plug while you're here um, just any support possible for whether it be the GoFundMe or just buying merchandise directly through me. Um, I have some in stock stuff for my pro wrestling tea store. Uh, I've got some new stuff going to be on the way to be uploaded there. So like any support is helpful. I got a long road for recovery ahead of me. So, I mean, the, any support I've had thus far has been incredibly helpful and I, I appreciate everybody. It's 
has reached out. And they can find you on Facebook and Instagram. Obviously, you can check out the uh, the next ESW show in Niagara Falls on January 19th. Um, I think there was, there was another thing I was going to play. Oh, your wrestling academy is uh, Buffalo Wrestling Academy. Is that correct? Buffalo Wrestling Academy. Uh, we're on Facebook, t- uh, Twitter, Instagram, or excuse me, X now. Twitter is. But yeah, we're on there. Uh, cool. Yeah, we're open enrollment at any time, so if you want to come get trained, this is the place to do it. Yeah, check them out. Good chance to to work with professionals like Vince. Um, all right, well, we uh, we are the Wrestling Archives podcast. We are on all of the socials as well, X and, and Facebook and Instagram. If you want to um, help support the show, it's ko-fi.com slash the Wrestling Archives. Uh, Rich, anything else you want to Say you, keep before forget, we wrap up. You, you keep forgetting our T Public, man. Oh, we have a T Public site we too. Have a yeah, T Public site. Uh, look up Wrestling Archives on T Public. We've got some sweet T shirts designed by myself. Uh, check them out. And also, I think you can get the logos on like mugs and frisbees and probably some sort of appliances and stuff like that and get and get a magnet for your car uh so make sure you check that stuff out too any all that helps us uh just you know support the costs of running a podcast because we don't do ads we don't really want to do ads unless you know domino's pizza or somebody wants to sponsor us we're open to that With um, Domino's pizza yeah and, and coca-cola will pepsi get fucked um <laughs> but you know we 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 do this because we love it and uh so try to help us out too uh but definitely you know we've got a paying gigs right now help out our boy vince here check out his gofundme check out his merch on pro wrestling tees go to the shows support your local indie wrestlers all right man well We'll sign off for now, and uh, thanks again. Thanks, Thank guys. you, Vince.